Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to make my trials clear. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. Open your Bibles with me today to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to begin a new study today. Looking at the Gospel of Matthew, it's quite a large study, and I'm sure it will take us some time. Uh, last time I taught through this book, I'm pretty sure it took me about two years. <laughs> of course, that was... Uh, dealing with, you know, one time per week on a Sunday morning. So hopefully we'll go a little bit quicker. And um, as are most of these uh, recordings, I don't always go the most in-depth. Uh, they tend to be survey uh, sometimes. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into the book of Matthew today by uh, taking a brief introduction. Uh, the Gospels, the word gospel means good news. They cover a period of 35 years. They open with an announcement in the temple of God, and they close with the ascension of the Son of God. As the Old Testament began with man made in the image of God, the Gospels open up with God made in the image of man. The man made in the image of God was defeated by Satan in the garden, when he defied God's will, but the man or the God, the God, but the God made in the image of man defeated Satan in the garden when he submitted to his father's will. Now, prior to the gospel, sheep died for shepherds, but now we find the shepherd is actually going to lay down his life for the sheep. We will see at his birth, he was offered gold, frankincense, and myrrh by wise men who came to worship him, while at his death, he was offered thorns, vinegar, and spittle by wicked men who came to ridicule him. The Gospels describe Jesus, describe Jesus saving sinners under a tree, up a tree, and on a tree. Now, when we look at the Gospels, there are four in our New Testament. However, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are what we call the synoptic gospels, and the word synoptic means simply seeing together. So when we refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we call them the synoptic gospels. We also see in the synoptic gospels that there is a structure that is common throughout all three of them, thus they see together. They all have what we call a geographic sequence in that they all focus on our Lord's ministry as it began in Galilee, his withdrawal to the north as a result of his rejection, his ministry in Judea on his way back to Jerusalem to be crucified. So that's a sequence that we see in the synoptics, in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, John, we don't see that sequence at all, and that's why it's not included 
in the Synoptic Gospels. For example, the Sending Out of the Twelve, the Transfiguration, the Olivet Discourse, the Last Supper, none of those are found in the Gospel of John. Now, when we talk about the Synoptics, there's these uncanny parallels that they have. Um, There's a couple theories about why they are so similar. Um, One is that they all depended on an original lost gospel that we do not have. Uh, It's referred to as the Ur gospel. Yeah, that's a theory. Uh, Another one is that they just shared a common dependence on oral sources. You know, after all, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, they maybe relied on the same oral sources. Um, Another theory is that they had a common dependence on these gradually developing written fragments. Uh, In other words, they were using the same sources. And again, of course, these guys lived through this, but they're putting it all together. But why? The question is, why are they so similar? Why do they follow the same order? Uh, the fourth um, theory is that maybe each writer used the other to pen their own, which would bring us to, well, which one was written first? Well, you know, for years, the early church uh said that Matthew was the first gospel to be written. Uh, And really, in the canonization of Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew's first because um, the early church believed that it was written first. But further evidence shows that actually Mark was probably written first, followed by Luke, followed by Matthew. Uh, And we can arrive at this because... 97% of Mark's words are found in Matthew, and 88% of Mark's words are found in Luke. So that would tend or lend us to believe that Mark was actually written first. Of course, it doesn't prove it, but um, most people believe Mark was probably pinned first. Um, And then there's an outline I mean, there's definitely a geographical sequence, but there's also an outline that uh, I like to use when I think of the gospel of Matthew. Um, You know, in chapters one through four, we have the person of Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, And then in chapters four through 16, we have the proclamation of Jesus as the Messiah. And then chapter 16 Uh, Through the end of the book, we have the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the Messiah. So, you know, that's a suggested outline, the outline that I use. And most people favor that one because there's a break of words from that time on. So, you know, you start out with the introduction, the birth of Christ runs through chapter 4, verse number 17. And then you have this phrase, from that time on. You have the proclamation of Jesus as the Messiah, and then you get into chapter 16, verse 22, and you have, and from that time on, he talks about the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. So that is the outline that I follow when I teach uh, the gospel of Matthew. So let's just uh, look at verse number one today, 
and get into it. And uh, the primary emphasis of this verse is covenants fulfilled. So verse number one says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Just that alone is a lot to uh, take in. Because the first thing that we see here is that Matthew is opening his gospel by introducing Jesus as the Messiah, as the son of David, and as the son of Abraham. I believe that the reason that God did this, and make no mistake, the Bible is God-breathed. He, The pen was Matthew, but God used Matthew to pen those words. The reason God did this was to show that both that Jesus came to fulfill both the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants. So Jesus, the Messiah, at his coming, and even, yes, his first coming, was to fulfill the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants. Now, of course, they were not fulfilled because of the rejection. But the point I'm making is they were legitimately offered at what we call the first advent of Christ. And we see this. Here's proof text for you. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And in Malachi chapter number four and verse number five, we're talking the last book, the last chapter, the last two verses of the Old Testament. It says, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So when Jesus comes on the scene, what's the first thing they're asking of him? Are you him? Are you the one that they said would come? Are you Elijah? They, they asked John the Baptist that, you'll remember. And he, he said, no, I'm not worthy to carry the sandals, you know, when, when they questioned John the Baptist. But in Matthew chapter number 17, in Matthew chapter number 17 and verse number 12, Jesus utters some words here uh, that are very important. In Matthew 17, verse number 12, <clears throat> we'll look in... Uh, uh, verse number 10, he's having a conversation with his disciples and they ask him saying, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? So the disciples are questioning Jesus. Why do the uh, scribes say that Elijah must come first? Because Malachi chapter four, verses five and six say that Elijah must come first. And notice what Jesus says in verse number 11. Jesus answered and said unto them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah has already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Very important. Jesus came to fulfill the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants at his first advent. John the Baptist 
could have been the fulfilling of Malachi 4.5 and being Elijah, but they killed him and then they killed Jesus himself. But leads to the question, what if they had not killed him? Well, then Jesus would have fulfilled the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants and brought in the kingdom at that time. So it was legitimately offered, but it was rejected. Next time we get together, we'll talk about the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants. God bless you. I hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.